Warning, the following podcast, which contains strong language and mature content, is unsuitable for children or for the faint of heart. The subject matter discussed will be frightening and graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. When you want to hear about the paranormal, you get the spooked girls. True crime that makes you hypothermal with the three spooked girls. Stabby snippets will give you dreams. Tara and Jessica will make you. Along with the spooked girls Bring on the slaughter We on that haunted ground The three spooked girls Hey there, spooksters, and welcome back to another Stabby here on Three Spooked Girls. My name is Jessica, and as always, I am joined by my favorite ghoul friend, Tara. Hey, spooksters. Today, we are doing our second installment of our three-part recap of the Waco American Apocalypse series on the Netflix. Mm-hmm. This this episode, oh my god, guys. <laughs> there was this a lot episode in this episode. Yeah. To me, this one was like really kind of emotional, but also made me say what the fuck, I think, a mm-hmm. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. The very first thing that we kind of like start off with in this episode is we kind of like start off with they're talking about how David is like not really keeping his word and that mm-hmm. he is saying that God has told him to wait. So he's not going to be sending as many people out right. or he's not coming out. Mm-hmm. And kind of this is the this particular episode, Kathy, if you can't tell oh Tara and I, God. not big fans of the lady. No. There are so many things that she says during this episode that just kind of like throttle you in a way. Yeah. That makes sense. Oh like my it's God. so disturbing that you're like, lady, what the actual flying fuck? Mm-hmm. Because they start talking about the fact that like the sniper Chris is talking about how they were trying to go in closer and everything. And the Davidians see the guys, like, moving closer, and David's yelling at them to, like, stay away, and Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. But then it's, like, Kathy, like, kind of recaps or retells about how she's handed a grenade because she's the only woman in the room filled with women that they could, like, trust to pull pull the pin. When they said that, I was like, so they know you're crazy. Got it. Got it. Well, they know that she's, like, so... So fucking hard in the paint. Jesus Christ. She is just like, I will do anything for David. (laughs) And it's like, she talks about the way that she loves God. Ugh. And it's really, like, that I love David. Yeah. Imagine sleeping at your favorite hotel every night. That's exactly what slipping into Etitude's clean bamboo sheets feels like. When we say it's the most comfortable fabric you'll ever feel, we mean it. Etitude sheets are luxuriously soft, smooth as silk, and more breathable than cotton, and hypoallergenic. 
Attitude Sustainable Bedding is made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric, so you can rest easy knowing that your bedding is free from harmful chemicals and better for you and the planet. And right now, Attitude is offering 3 Spooked Girls listeners $25 off their first bedding order with code SPOOKEDGIRLS. So why are we obsessed with Attitude? Literally, these sheets have been my favorite for a while now. I get such a cozy night's sleep. They are the softest sheets I have ever owned, and I am just in love with them. And what makes it even better is they're dedicated to improving the planet. Attitude's commitment to go beyond sustainability by creating products consciously and giving back. Their bedding is ethically crafted from regenerative natural resources, and every purchase gives back 1% to environmental nonprofits. So don't forget that you can get $25 off your bedding order for a limited time when you visit attitude.com slash spooked girls. That's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash spooked girls. The Attitude team is so sure you'll love your new sheets that you can try them 30 nights risk-free and return them, no questions asked. And don't worry, none of their returns ever go to waste. Each sheet, pillowcase, and everything in between is given a second life through their Take Back and Donations program. Again, that's attitude.com slash spooked girls. Happy sleeping. She says in the particular thing where they're talking about the fact that they're holding, you know, she's got the grenade. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to say the quote? Oh, my God. I got to look. I'm at not it. a person. I, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She says, I'm not a person. I'm God's tool. And I was like, I don't wow. think you mean like a wrench. I think you mean tool like, ma'am, you're a tool. <laughs> yeah, no fucking kidding. Oh, my God. Word choice lady. And I really do think, like, when I watched this, like, the first episode, when I very first watched it now, and I look back, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, no. She was totally. She's still very much in love with David. She's still very much in love with the Branch Davidian Mm -hmm. way of life. Mm -hmm. And at this point, she's cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. Big time. Big time. She sent her kids out. They are, you know, and her kid's father has coming at them. But before we go into that mess, what's interesting is that they kind of start talking about like how Dave, they needed to establish like who David was, mm-hmm. how he got there. And they kind of go through that whole thing where David like gets in trouble. Like when he was younger, he got in trouble for like assaulting someone. He got mm-hmm. sent away and then he. He comes to the Branch Davidians because he's looking for someone to, like, teach him God. And then he, like, basically honey traps this, like, old lady. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then she, like, when she dies, she leaves him. I'm assuming this is how this happened. Is like, she was, like, the transfer of power. She'll go to David. And then her son was pissed about it. Mm -hmm. Which is interesting because there's a Criminal Minds episode Mm -hmm. that's very much around a cult like this. Uh-huh. And what's interesting to me is that there was, like, in that one, that the young guy who was played by Luke Perry. hmm Heartbroke. R.I.P. <laughs> I know. That he had, like, kicked out the person who had started or the leader. And so David did this as well. Like, he basically 
shot at him Mm -hmm. a few times, wounding him, not killing him, but like wounded him. And then he was arrested. He went through a trial. Mm -hmm. It was like a hung jury, essentially. Mm -hmm. And they never retried him. Right. So he was released and then he came back with all his disciples Mm -hmm. and they kicked the dude out and then they took over the branch davidian and this is where like at this point he marries a 14 year old girl named rachel oh my god yeah i believe has at least one child with her i don't actually know how many children david crush fathered (sighs) too many right And then David was like, okay, he was all about one man, one woman. That's what he preached. And then one day God told him something different. Mm -hmm. And he was like, oh, all all you single ladies, you're mine. He had 16 kids, by the way. I expected more. Oh, ew. But still gross. That's still a lot. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Does it say how many baby mamas? So he had 20 wives. Right, but... He only had 16 kids. No, I know, because you said, I wonder how many wives he had. Oh, baby mamas. Oh, I'm, I'm a baby idiot. Mamas. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that <laughs> I question. I want to know how many baby mamas David Koresh had. I mean, at the most, 16. Yeah, everything I'm saying is just like multiple wives, so or multiple partners, whatever. Yeah. Right. So at this point, David's like, okay, all the single ladies, they belong to me. They're my wives. And that included young girls. Obviously, he married a 14-year-old and he was in his at least, he was in his late 20s at that point. And so we talked about this in the last episode. He eventually would kind of dissolve all marriages. And it was interesting because an Australian news company or news show came over and did like a big segment on him Mm -hmm. because apparently they had some Australian followers in Mm -hmm. the cult. So like, this is weird that they would move all the way to fucking Texas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So they moved all the way to, they went to Texas and he talked about it. He's like, yeah, I wouldn't question about it. He goes, did I dissolve with marriages? Yes, you bet I did. And this is a power move. A hundred percent. I'm still stuck. I think I said this last time. I'm still stuck on the fact that, like, men were willing to go along with this. Right? Like, so brainwashed, they think it's what needs to be done. And, I mean, Brian Jones, who's Heather's father, who's Heather's mom, when this happened, she fucking dipped because she's like, I don't believe that I should be this with David Koresh. Yeah. He was just like, you know, I want to be closer to God. And if he's the person who facilitates that, that's great. And it just, it blows my mind. Oof. And hearing Kathy talk about it was gross. Oh my God. So gross. It was for me, not him. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Honey, you're talking about being fulfilled. It's not the same. Not. No, no, you were being fulfilled. There's a difference. (laughs) Ew. sorry no but like she talks about the fact that like they used to have these that they would have these like late night bible studies and like she was like women would stay up late to see who he would take to bed with him and then it was like a pause and she goes let me say this (laughs) i would stay up late and go to these bible studies to see if he would take me to bed and i was like 
Aww. I was like, thank you, Kathy. Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> she being real. She being real. <laughs> Seriously, like we all we all know that you weren't you were there because you wanted to fuck David Koresh. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me else because you let your marriage be annulled. You let your children be sent off. And the way she talks about mm-hmm. her first time with David Koresh is like... Oh, my God. <gasps> yeah. She talks about how basically their entire sexual experience was a Bible study. And like Tara said, she said, it was for me, not for him. And she wanted to do this because <laughs> this was her way of being close to her God and experiencing a slice of God through David. By getting drilled by a crazy cult leader. Okay. I mean, all these cult le- like, okay, I'm just going to throw an inappropriate thing. So if you have children, tell them earmuffs right now. Do cult leaders just uh-huh. have huge dicks? Maybe. I don't know. Because I'm over here thinking, like, as the hetero on the show, there's no way I'm just going to, uh-huh. like, be crazy for a mediocre dick. No. I mean, unless you're so like, delusional why? that you're like... This is like a Hugh Hefner thing? Dude, it's probably a mix of both. I don't know. I mean... I don't know. Please weigh in, guys. I don't know. I have heard, like, you know when men talk about (laughs) women and they're like, oh, you know, like, you should always fuck the crazy ones because they're the best in bed. Maybe it applies for cult leaders. Maybe it's the same for guys. Maybe cult leaders are the best in bed. And women, we have been sleeping on this for a bit. And Kathy might know more than we do. I think not, but... Well, Kathy can keep that knowledge. She also lives in Tampa, Florida. So, like, choices being made. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Anyways, okay. But, yeah, fucking... She's just so gross. So gross. She is so gross. And then she gets gross on a different level. Oh, I figured out why her eyes look black to me. Oh, why? Because they look black to me when she's talking about David Koresh. And it is because her fucking pupils dilate so much when she talks about him. Like, right now, if a man... here, Here is my prediction. If a man out there resembled David Koresh just a little bit, age appropriate, mm-hmm. walked up to Kathy on mm-hmm. the street and was like, I've been in hiding for 30 years, but I love you and I found you... Woman would leave her husband and her four children because she went on to have another child. But, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just saying. 100%. She would be 100%. like, David, I love you. My God. <laughs> I was actually really surprised she's not in that, like, Branch Davidian, like, Koreshian church in Texas. But, like, <sighs> yeah, you never know. Maybe she has her own in Tampa. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. So, and then they kind of, they, they go into... They had to mention the child abuse stuff, right? Because the allegations with that are also fucking horrific. (sighs) And fucking Kathy, again. This is what I'm saying, guys. A whole different level of fucking disgusting. We can kind of summarize this, guys, and you can go watch this. So basically, they're talking about... She's she's saying that these allegations for, you know, girls that are 12 and 13 and even, you know, 14 and, you know, so yeah. on and so forth isn't child abuse because they became women. You become a woman at the age of 12. Here's what she does say. She doesn't actually say like anything like abuse. She doesn't really use that word. Mm-hmm. 
Well, she's like, it's okay. She uses the thing that she's saying that, like, all of the allegations that he slept with underage girls. Mm -hmm. And she acknowledges that in conventional settings, that's underage. But in their faith structure, you become a woman at the age of 12. No. And therefore, they were adults and they were consenting. But girlfriend there have been reports of him having sex with 10 year olds exactly like what the fuck so in that case he was and that like that made me really sick when she talked about it and then we talk about Mm -hmm. heather heather comes into the mix because (gasps) they talk about the fact that like her mother left and then after her mother left she was Mm -hmm. no longer around allowed to be around her dad like she couldn't have dinner with him she couldn't be around him nothing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which kind of broke my heart for heather yeah i really hope that maybe heather's mom came and got her like after the whole waco thing i didn't look into that but you know she's talking about like how now david koresh is her dad and mom right and She's talking about how she heard girls who were like some girls that were t- like she says the number 10 and girls who were mm. like 13 talking about how they were going to like sleep with him and be his wives. And she's just like, that's not how mm-hmm. my relationship was. And the sick fucker would take her into his room every day and like spank her with a paddle. Yeah. And like she tells the story and the way she like if you watch this. Just rewatch this scene mm-hmm. because, like, how she talks about it, like the way her face looks, she's almost remembering something happy. Yeah. It's like when you retelling a happy moment, it's like mm-hmm. there's almost joy and levity in it. And she's like, if I would tense up, he would take the paddle and just set it on my, like, my bottom until I relaxed and wasn't expecting it. Deep mm-hmm. Crush was having, was living out some sort of weird fetish through this child. Exactly. Because, like, you're telling me that this little girl needed to be disciplined like that every single day. I don't think so. I think this was his way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And then she goes, I have been told that I was groomed. Yeah. And she says it in a way that you're like, do you believe She doesn't believe it. No, like, you believe David Koresh was this great man. But, like, the reality is, you were nine. Yeah. If you had given it a year... If you had given it two years, I guarantee you mm-hmm. she would have become one of his wives at a very young mm-hmm. age. He was mm-hmm. conditioning her in that relationship would have been completely abusive. Yeah. I guarantee you that a lot of those little girls that he was with, he probably like knocked around a little bit. Oh, for sure. And they didn't want to say anything against their messiah. Mm-hmm. This is his way of training her. Yeah. Whether you believe in God or not. If they're going to pretend, and I'm going to use the word pretend, to be Christians and serve a God, because they're not serving a God, because the Bible literally says, have no other idol before me. This is what God, this is mm-hmm. the supposed words of mm-hmm. God. And so when you think about it from that aspect, you think about the fact that like David Koresh being the Messiah and the way that they were worshiping him made him a God, which means mm-hmm. that's in con- conflict mm-hmm. with their actual God. Mm-hmm. And the way that, like, the Bible does say that a marriage is supposed to be monogamous, however you want to do that, Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. the Bible is, like, you're not supposed to sleep, you know, you're supposed to save yourself for marriage. 
not to have sex out of wedlock. Mm-hmm. All of these things they're doing. Right. And when I think about Heather and like how she was being groomed, and then all of a sudden, like, they're like, okay, we're sending out another kid, we're sending out Heather. The interaction between her and David is so gross. Mm-hmm. You can hear him coaching her, like, what's wrong? Oh, you're sad. Why are you sad? Oh, do you want a hug? And then, like, there's, you know, obviously she doesn't yeah. say anything because you really can't hear her. And he goes, a mm-hmm. hug. Oh, well, she, you know, guys, she wants a hug. So I got to go. And then, according to Heather, they hug. David Koresh mm-hmm. walks her to the door, opens it up, pushes her out, and then shuts it behind her. Mm-hmm. How she talks about this moment, like she's remembering something so sad. If you compare that to how she mm-hmm. talked about him spanking her, completely different. And then Mm -hmm. the only time that you really see her have a true sadness emotion, and this this broke my heart, because when the kids get to the negotiation place, Gary puts them on the phone Mm -hmm. with their parents, and so Heather Mm -hmm. is allowed to talk to her dad, and this is the last time she ever speaks to him. And so heartbreaking. It kind of breaks my heart because it makes me think that she's never heard this, you know, in her life. Like, no one's ever been like, hey, do you want to hear the, yeah. the recording of your dad? Yeah. And so she just breaks. And, like, you can see her. And she just breaks. And it's yeah. so sad. And then some more days pass in Waco. And we're into March at this point. Like, kind of, I think, a little far into March. Basically, they're like, we have to get more adults out. And a young negotiator has an idea and they start filming the children to send back to the parents to be like, look, we have Mm -hmm. your kids. Come get them. You just have to come out of the compound. Like they're over here type Mm -hmm. shit. And this Mm -hmm. works because Kathy sees her son, Brian, who is like three at the time. And Mm -hmm. Kathy had two children, her two other kids, Chrissy and Scott, I think were their names. Mm-hmm. they had a different father than Brian. So mm-hmm. Chrissy and Scott's dad had like partial custody of these kids, which also is crazy. Cause I'm thinking like, does that mean that like he drives down on like every other weekend and picks his kids up and like Apparently. deals with David Koresh? Like I would be like, I'm not bringing <sighs> my kids back, but I've also right, looked into real. that man. Unless it was like, you know, he lived out of state and visited when he could. I don't know. I don't know the mm-hmm. dynamics of that, but he anyway. came and picked up mm-hmm. those two kids, but Brian was there by himself. Yep. And so in the footage, he's playing like a toddler is he's, he's sad. He's moping. He doesn't have his mom. He doesn't have his brother and sister. So he's mopey. And she sees this and she calls the negotiators and she's pissed and she's trying to rail at them. And they're, they actually use this to their advantage. And they tell her, you know, mm-hmm. Kathy, After some negotiations, they convince her that she needs to come out. She's still kind of unsure. And they say to her, like, Kathy, what Brian needs right now is a hug from his mommy. Mm -hmm. And this just, like, she goes, like, at that point. And here is one of those moments that you know that the fucking FBI and all the negotiators, like, between the hostage rescue team and the negotiators, doesn't go well because Bob Ricks... Mr. Bob Ricks mm-hmm. makes the decision mm-hmm. to basically when they arrest Kathy, cause she comes out and they, they let her spend a few hours mm-hmm. with her son. And then they like basically take her son away and then they incarcerate her. They perp mm-hmm. walk her on TV 
And yeah. at that moment, what adult in the Branch Davidian is coming out of that compound? <laughs> yeah, no, they're all like, nope, fuck no. <laughs> and they even say it. They say it on the they say it on the thing. Like, mm-hmm. why would we come out? You're just going to arrest us. You're just going to put us in prison for our beliefs. It's not about your mm-hmm. beliefs. It's the fact that you have 1.6 million rounds of ammo. Well, I mean, a little less now because you've like <laughs> shot up a bunch. But yeah, this is the episode where we meet David Troubadour's mom. Linda. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. She's great. Mm-hmm. She apparently was living in Maine, sees it on the news, comes oh, down. She volunteers to be like, let me talk to my son. You know, maybe I could yeah. talk him into coming out. And the FBI is like, no, 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 thank you. Yeah. This is also the episode where they talk about there's a 50 caliber gun that we've already discussed. And apparently, Chris, mm-hmm. who's the sniper, was sitting there looking at the tower, which is technically David's bedroom, mm-hmm. which kind of leads me to believe it's David, <laughs> that he had all of a sudden like a piece of the wall went down and a 50 caliber barrel came out and was pointing directly at him. And mm-hmm. Chris tells the hostage rescue team like, hey, they have a 50 cal pointed at me. The head of HRT calls the FBI negotiators and is like, oh my God, tell them to get the fucking gun off of them. And then they do that because that's what they were asked. And then the gun goes away mm-hmm. and Chris goes, now I don't have eyes on it. And then HRT is like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is the prime example of they weren't talking to each other. Yeah. Bad decisions were being made by leadership in these departments. And mm-hmm. then it was just like, in the next episode, we'll talk about how, like, the negotiation team will get some ground and then the hostage team will basically undermine it. Mm-hmm. But, like, this is kind of the start of that. I mean, that is the scary thing is that sniper. And, I mean, this is also the episode where Chris talks about how he's sitting there. It's literally the last part of the episode. And mm-hmm. he's talking about the fact that, like, he's sitting there one night staring at the window and Koresh is staring back at him. And he has right. to contemplate, like, do I just out of orders shoot this man yeah. because if we shoot yeah. david Karash, then everybody gets to come home and leave mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i mean now knowing how waco ends that has to be like well fuck right. i could have done something yeah but overall this episode is a cluster of emotions yes yes very jam-packed <laughs> it is and it's like your heart breaks for some people And then it, like, Mm -hmm. gets angry at, like, bad people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just really kind of wish that, like, like, I wish more people would have survived this. Because I agree. I do think that if ATF hadn't pulled the trigger and went in that day, we would be looking at a much, history would be more like that LDS guy. Mm -hmm. You know, where it's just going to be on the child endangerment and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we have one more episode to talk about, and that has the end. I mean, we all, I mean, I don't know if everyone knows the ending. I mean, I'd hope at this point you've listened to our episode on Waco or episodes on Waco. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah, so next episode, we're going to talk about how it all ends from the perspective of David Tribodeau, who is still in the compound, yeah. though we don't know if we can trust him, mm-hmm. from the sniper's point of view and then just some other kind of shit Mm -hmm. as well so we will be back next thursday with the final part of this of this like mini series so 
Yeah. Yeah. And we will be back on Monday for a regular episode, which I think is the final part of Keys. Mm -hmm. Yes. Which I need to finish my notes on. (laughs) 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 And with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap up for today, and we will see you back on Monday. Toodles, guys. Bye.